and it doesn't have a Bible app on it, throw that thing away. All it does is make phone calls and other stuff. It doesn't have the word on it. <laughs> we began a series of messages last week, this new message, uh, entitled Contrast. We're not talking about how things are the same, but rather I want to discuss with you about things different and about how we are different and how we're supposed to be different. And we can talk about similarities, we can, we, we can discuss those factors in life, just in the human race, and, 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 and many, uh, you know, specified groups there. But there is also this thing called contrast. And, and I'm trusting the Lord uh, to give me utterance today, to speak to you things that are necessary and right for, for today. Okay, I don't believe we meet up by chance and by accident and this is just a natural gathering and we didn't have anything better to do so let's all go to the same place at the same time. And uh, I really believe God's involved in this and the Spirit of God will speak to you. He will talk to you and do things in your life. Already probably has in this service but He will do additional things today. Okay, And if your heart is open and expectant to that end, the Lord will give me in the middle of this stuff that I didn't prepare, stuff I didn't plan, stuff I didn't intend to say. And you'll notice, right, when I, you'll notice it'll happen. It'll get right in your lap. All right? You might be tempted to look around and say, does anyone know this is happening? Just be, look straight ahead. They don't know. And, uh, but God will be dealing with you and He'll be helping you and giving you stuff uh, that'll further your walk with Him. Amen. And so I want to get into this and talk about contrast some more. Let's, uh, let's read our, our foundational scripture in, in Philippians chapter 2. Let's begin reading here in verse 14. Philippians 2 and verse 14. It reads, do all things without complaining and disputing. All right, how many know if you just do that, we stop right there, that sets you apart. <laughs> all of a sudden you're different from the masses already. Verse 15, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. And you see how he's, he's painting the picture here that everyone's complaining, everyone's grumpy, everyone's disputing, everyone's got all these issues and there, you know, there's all kinds of uh, crookedness and perversion in the world today. But he said, if you will do this, you're, you're going to stand out. You're going to shine as a bright light in contrast to the way the rest of the world is doing it. And this is our calling. This is what he wants us to do. Not to blend in and be the same because it's a, not a good same. Now, I know that, that in here, there's a whole bunch of light. There's a whole bunch of good stuff. And a lot of us have many similarities, so we might not stand out as much depending on the company we're keeping. But have you ever had a, had a flashlight, and, you know, and uh, you were out in a, in a bright sunny day, you turned the flashlight on, you were wanting to see if it worked or see if the batteries were still good, and you could hardly even tell if it was on. And so you're trying to create some darkness, create something to see, is this thing even working, right? Uh, when it comes to us... In certain contexts, yeah, there's a whole lot of light. But I tell you, in our day, in this world called a crooked and perverse generation, you and I stick out. 
We absolutely shine. We absolutely are noticeable when, when, when we recognize that there is a difference. We live that difference out. Huh? And we, 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 we let ourselves be identified by the Lord, who we are in Christ. There is a huge contrast. And this is something we don't want to minimize. We want to maximize. We don't want to water this down. We don't want to take it away. And if, you have, if you're among those who are tempted at times to just say, I don't want to stick out. I just want to blend in. I don't want anyone to notice me. Well, you're, it's too late if you're saved. You need to start acting like who you are. You gave your life to the Lord, and that was part of the deal. You're, you stand out. You're a bright light in this dark world now. But we don't want to squash that. huh? We don't want to put the flame out. We want to fan that flame and let it be brighter and brighter. And so, like I said, there's no shortage of darkness in this world. We have a huge opportunity now, this time in history, to stand out. Our call is to be different, and it is to live in contrast to darkness. Okay? Now, look over with me at 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter, the second chapter, and, and, and notice with me verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. It reads this way, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him. How many know that's different than you may hide the praises of him? You may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Now, I want you to notice the language here. He said, you are this. Now, he's talking to believers. I realize we have some in the, in the house today. You have not yet come into a relationship with, with the Father, with God. You haven't received Jesus yet, but that's okay, because we're rooting for you. But if you've been saved, this is your present tense condition. You are chosen, a chosen generation. You are this royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. We're not trying to become that. We're not trying to be something that we're not. But the very moment we bowed our knee to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he did something powerful and real in us, and he made us to be a certain type of people. There are, there are a number of translations that use the word race here instead of generation. He said, you are a chosen race. I think that's interesting. I think that's interesting. A lot of times people put a lot of attention in our world today, in our society, on races, how people are di a different race. Well, we're a different race. And the thing is, we're all the same race if we've, been, if we, if we've come into the family of God. huh? Different colors, different backgrounds, different ethnicities, and we're all the same race. It's a superior race. It is, because it's a chosen race. It's not fleshly. It's spiritual, and it is the family of God. And there are only two races on the planet. Hmm. There are really only two. Let's keep that clear. Let's be real settled in our mind. And if you've been saved, if you come into the family of God, you're a part of a chosen race. I realize some people could take this wrong. You guys think you're superior. Well, I'm just reading the Word. Just trying to get a heavenly perspective here. 
But we need to see ourselves not as what we're not or what we used to be, but as what God calls us now in this present time in a relationship with Him. Hallelujah. Everybody okay? Okay. Uh, I like Ephesians 5.8. It reads, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So, we are His light. We are of the light. We are light, according to Scripture. Therefore, walk in, walk that way. Walk as children of light. How could I walk as a child of light if I saw myself as a child of darkness? How could I live out that end, that desired end, if I viewed myself to be different from that? I've got to see things from His perspective and understand who I really am today. Now, uh, as if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, you're called to be different. Not to be the same as the rest of the world, but to stand out, to be in, and to live in, and to think in contrast to the way the, 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 you know, the crowd does. That's what the Lord wants us to be. And I know sometimes people will, in an attempt to be amiable and so forth, they will, they will say about themselves, believers, they'll say, well, you know, we're, I'm no different than everybody else. I'm just forgiven. They'll say things like, Christians, you know, they're not different. They're just the same as everybody else, just forgiven. I disagree with that. I totally disagree with that. I mean, it is true. The forgiveness side of that is true. But that's not the only difference. When you came to, to the Lord, when you were born of Him... That was, I mean, forgiveness is huge, but that's one part of it. The Bible says we've been made a new creation in Christ. The old has passed, the new has come. We are now called children of light. We have His nature, we have His authority, we have His power and His Spirit living inside of us. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We could go on and on and on and on and list the differences. Let us not water down our experience with God by saying, well, I'm pretty much the same as I've always been. I'm just forgiven and one day I'll go to heaven. No, 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 no. It's way bigger than that. It's way more powerful than that. Not only did you receive forgiveness, but He made you His very own. He, he, he caused you to be born of His own spirit and now you have His substance within you. Okay, there's a God element to every believer. And these are the things we recognize, we acknowledge, so that we see ourselves different, not the same. Changed, not remaining the way we used to be. There, from that position, we live that out and we stand out. There is a... An interesting scripture in Isaiah chapter 5. You don't need to turn there if you don't want. But in Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20. And and, and it uses these words. Listen to this. It says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Notice, notice, what's the word to those who do that? What's the word? Whoa. <laughs> I mean, no, that's not a good, that's not a good thing there. <laughs> he said, whoa to those. 
Now, that's a, that, he said, don't, don't you do that. Don't you do that. Don't you mix those things up. Don't you confuse good and evil. Don't you confuse light and darkness. They need to remain what they are. They need to be seen clearly. They need to be proclaimed for what they are and not watered down and not mingled together. Woe to those who are doing that. But how many know that's the kind of world we live in today? A lot of good stuff is being called bad and just the opposite is is taking place. It seems that the only uh, segment of our society that is allowed to be criticized, allowed, allowed to be mocked, are Christians and people who have morals. And people get away with all day long without any kind of uprising or, 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 or condemning of that language. Christians are spoken against all day long. But, but right on the other hand, those without a, a moral compass, those who don't uh, know the difference between right and wrong, you know, they're often praised. And Christians are called bigots. Okay? It's a messed up world we live in. But let's keep it straight right here. Let us not be watered down in our own mentality. Even within, uh, within church circles. How many know this, this issue can be, can be confused? Uh, among believers, people will, will call things like sickness good. Now, it won't do that before they get saved, but it takes religion to mess that up. Huh? And people all of a sudden, well, that's a good thing. And they'll call curses blessings in disguise. You know, and if everything gets a little spiritual spin... But no, let's keep our eye on the ball. We still have to know. Christians ought to be most dis- the most discerning people of all to recognize this is bad and this is good. This is right and this is wrong. Okay? This is God. This is the devil. I, I, mean, I mean, think about it. What if, since the, since the Word of God tells us, uh, submit yourself therefore unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Well, what if we didn't know the difference and we found ourselves submitting to the devil and resisting God? Is that possible? I'm telling you, it's totally possible. And we've got to keep out of that, that deception where we are not super clear and have a strong stand on what is good and what is evil. Okay? I like 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. It reads, Therefore come out from among them and be separate says the Lord. Be, be what? Separate. Come out. Be not, not blend in everybody. We're in the family. Mingle. <laughs> Look like them. Act like them. Think like them. No, 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 no. Different. Changed. There's a new situation going on here. A new identity. A new state of being. We need to acknowledge that. Let's not be like the world. That's not our goal. I mean, that might sound silly and almost simple. Like, why would you even say that? I think there's a real temptation for that. Just, just be like them and so, so that way they'll like us more. No. Be different. Be different. We'll say, well, how can we win people if we're not like them? If, we're not, if we are like them, what are we winning them to? Why would they want, why would they seek you out when they have a hardship, when, when things are not going well, when they recognize they, they need God in their life? Why would they seek out you? You're the same. All right? So we don't want to be like the world. We want to be like God. 
You know, you're supposed to walk as he walked. And we can't do both. You know, James said, if you, if you have friendship with the world, you're an enemy of God. All right, so we want to, again, have a clear distinction. Look with me at John chapter 12. I want to show you something. Man, talk about a verse that sticks out. This has to me for many years. John chapter 12. It's so, yikes. <laughs> this is something that was happening in, G- in Jesus' ministry. And I want you to notice in particular uh, what it says here, beginning in verse 42. It reads, nevertheless, among the rulers, the rulers, okay, the rulers of Israel, of Jerusalem, of, uh, of their, those, their people, among the rulers, many, many believed in Him, Him being Jesus. How many of them? A bunch of them. But because of the Pharisees, now Pharisees were the religious leaders, Okay, they wore the big robes and they had the spiritual authority and everyone looked up to them and they wanted their approval. Because of the Pharisees, they did not confess Him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Man, isn't that powerful? Isn't that so sad? All these people, they recognize there's the Messiah. There's the one we've been prophesied about. He's the one we've been waiting for. But if I, if I acknowledge that, if I confess that, I'm going to suffer some hardship from these Pharisee dudes. We're going to get booted out of our spot in the synagogue. And so they wouldn't confess him. How many know that's, kind of, that's an eternal problem you have there? How many know these guys are kind of wishing they hadn't done that right now? I mean, this is a big deal, but it shows how the human race, because listen, the way they were, very much like we are. People are still tempted today to take what they know and not live it because of what other people are going to say about it. Someone might, you know, speak evil against me, or I might lose my place or position in, in, in various areas, and that's what they did. They loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. I've spoken to some individuals who are involved in a, you know, very, you know, pretty popular religion in this area that have told me that they don't believe it anymore. They said, I, I, I've recognized, no, that's not right. He said, I used they said I was brought up in it. I used to. I don't anymore. And I said, so what, I said, but you're still, are you still involved in it? Yep. Still, still involved. You know, why? Well, they said, partly it's for, one in particular said it's for my kids. He said, they'll lose out on opportunities in the schools if they're not. He, he, I said, so there, you're saying you recognize some bias there? He said, oh yeah. And if they don't conform, and if they're not a part of this, they will miss out on opportunities I don't want them to miss out on. And uh, man, it's like, ah, isn't that, that's tough. Part of me is compassionate for them, because I know in situations like, like, he, like theirs and, and others, man, if they, if, when, when they make that change, they're going to be ostracized and be kicked out of many situations and family will separate from them. So I, I you know... I have compassion for them 
But at the same time, this is too serious. This is God. Man, this is, this is eternity. And for someone to know, but not act on it. But not, not do it. We, we've got to have some things that are more important to us than that. Like the praise of God over the praise of men. I like this verse in Psalm 18, verse 49. It, it, it reads, Therefore I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and sing praises unto thy name. Remember the earlier verse? We're called to show forth the praises of him. And this, this verse says, what? We should praise him among the heathen. That means even among lost people, we don't back off in our praise of God. We're not going to shut our mouths and close ourselves off because someone else doesn't approve and doesn't like it. Why? We're being what we're supposed to be, who we are, light in a dark world. Amen. Could, you know, could unfaithfulness, could it really, could it be unfaithfulness to close your mouth when you're among unbelievers? Could that be, in a sense, a denial of God when we hold our tongue in a time when we should be opening up? I remember reading the, the story about uh, John Osteen years ago. He said, uh, he said uh, he was at a car lot looking shopping for a car, and he was talking to the car salesman there out on the lot, and the car salesman was basically, you know, bleepity 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 blankety blankety blank. Uh, his language was just very colorful. <laughs> And, and he was saying all this kind of stuff, you know, there as John was, in, uh, you know, looking at these cars. And after a little bit, he finally stopped and, and, and John said, well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Oh, thank God. He's so good all the time. You know, and he just starts, oh, glory to God. Glory to God. And, and of course, that interrupted the conversation. And this other gentleman stopped and he was looking at him. And he just looked back at him. He said, "I demand equal time." <laughs> he said, "He said if you're gonna if you're gonna curse him, I'm gonna praise him." But 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 watch how many times do we listen to stuff and we feel like we can't be who we are? We have to just put up with all the junk of the world. And I'm not saying I'm gonna stop people from doing stuff, but I am who I am. I'm changed. I've been forgiven. I've been given His nature and His authority. He is in my life. Do I need to shut up around the heathen? No. In fact, it, it might even be wrong for me to do that. I'm supposed to praise Him in public. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about doing stuff for show. I think some people go too far and, and they're just, I've seen people go out and they go into a restaurant to pray for their food and they're going to pray with such a loud voice so everyone in the restaurant can hear them. Well, you might not want to do that. That doesn't usually come across as anything attractive at all. But be yourself. You don't refrain from praying in a public place or from speaking things. If, you know, we around ourselves, we, we use words that glorify God. Do we re, re, withhold all those words and testimonies and giving of thanks when we're among the heathen? Why do we do that if we do? Hallelujah. 
Why are those in darkness so bold, but those in light hold their tongue? It's not the way it's supposed to be. We're called to contrast. We're called to be different. And let me go back to this. In here is a whole lot of same. Because most of us, we're gathered together and we're amongst each other and we are light next to light. And that's a good thing. We're supposed to do this. We're supposed to have this conversation. We're supposed to get this, this together. But when we go out, there's a difference. Huh? When we leave here, your, your flashlight's seen. Your batteries are working. Amen. Now, I want to I I go to Daniel chapter 3. And this is our... I, I want to finish up with this. some powerful things over here. Uh, you can go there. You can look at it on the screen, whatever you want. But in, in Daniel... There were, there were these guys. Daniel was one of the guys. Uh, we don't want to talk specifically about him. But uh, there were some other guys. And, and, and their names were uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Okay? Three guys. Got those names down? That's what I named my kids. Good job. <laughs> uh, three guys. And, of course, they were uh, Jews. They were of Israel. But Israel wasn't behaving, and uh, the Babylonians came and took them away. And they were slaves in their land, okay? They were taken captive. Babylon is being Iraq today. That's the location of the world. And, and so they were there, these three guys, and what they did is they, they renamed them because their names were glorifying God. And so they renamed them to, to give them these names that were basically glorifying their gods, which were no gods, but that's what they did. And those are the names we're often familiar with because they're repeated in Scripture. And that is, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay? And, and we know them by that. But in their deal, these are, these are three guys, and then Daniel as well, uh, with the lions and all that. But these three guys, they totally stood out. They did exactly what we're talking about. They lived in contrast to what everyone else was doing. Because what happened in this godless nation is they set up this, this big gold idol and, and they made this proclamation that when the music starts, everybody's got to bow and they've got to worship this image. And, uh, and these three guys said, uh-uh, not us. And they were willing. I mean, they weren't like the, the rulers in, in Jesus' day who wouldn't confess or they'd be in trouble. They knew that the decree was, you're going to bow or you're going to the furnace, man. You're going to burn. And they said, uh, whatever, we're not doing it. They said, we are not bowing to this. And so they stood out. They stood out like we're supposed to stand out. Does everyone like it when someone stands out? No. No. The, light cannot, the darkness cannot comprehend the light. It doesn't like it. But we're supposed to stand out. And, and, and if you look in Daniel chapter 3 and verse 16, it reads... Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. See, they were called on what they were doing. We don't don't need to talk to you about this. If that is the case, meaning, if you're going to throw us in the fire, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and He will deliver us from your hand, O king. Come on, there's a bold statement right there. We need some bold statements. He said in verse 18, But if not, in other words, if you don't throw us in the fire, let it be known to you, O king, 
that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. These are, this is contrast. People wouldn't dare say this. They did. They stood out. And you know what? When you stand out, God stands with you. When you stand up and refuse to bow, God stands with you. His glory will be upon you. Amen. He he has no involvement. He's not moving in the life of those who compromise. He's not moving in the life of those who believe but won't say it. He moves in the life of those who believe. They see it and they proclaim it and they let it be made known. And in the midst of others bowing to all kinds of gods and falseness in this world today, you stand strong. And you know it. Someone's standing with you when you are. In this case, it became obvious when they threw them in that they were not alone. And they threw them in the fire, the seven times hotter fire. Verse verse 25, it reads, Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. There's somebody else in there with them. These guys who wouldn't bow, these guys who are in the middle of the fire and walking around, somebody else in there. Verse verse 28 reads, Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him, and they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make the decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Hallelujah. Look what happens when the righteous stand up. Everyone else is bowing. Bowing to the gods of this world and bowing to political correctness and bowing to the cultural decline of our time. They're bowing and just falling in line with all this stuff. But there's a few people that are standing up, saying, no, no, not going to do it. And I tell you, the Lord stands with them. When you stand up, when you stand out, God stands with you. And this is what we need today. Amen. There are many people throughout history who have done things like this. There are many people who have... Who have been standouts in society, in our country, in other nations, the people that would rise up and do something what other people would not. People that would take a stand when no one else would take a stand. And great things happened. Courses of nations were changed. The the, the course of families and, and individuals were changed because someone would do this. I, I imagine there's some of us And if we looked at our heritage and we looked at our family backgrounds, we could identify someone who took a stand. Listen, someone got saved first. Someone received the Lord and they started influencing their family. And and maybe that's you and your family. Maybe that isn't in your past. Maybe that hasn't come before you. But maybe that's you. Maybe that's you. Your family has been all over the map concerning the, the things of God and a relationship with God. But here you are today. 
And what's going to come after you? What's going to come in the, in the days and years to come? Well, I tell you, it's going to be hinged on your stand. Will you bow to the pleasure of man? I want everybody to like me and applaud me and be pleased with me. Or will you value God's praises? Will you value His approval? Will you say, I want Him to be smiling upon my life. And I'm going to teach and train those who are in my sphere. I'm going to influence those who I can influence to be, uh, you know, with righteousness. So they will also call good, good and evil, evil. So they will also have an ability to discern between right and wrong. And we can change the direction of our family line. Listen, someone's got to go first. Maybe you're first. Maybe you're not. I'm not first in my family. But I still want to influence those going forward. I still want to help other people to see what I see. And, and, and to live a life where, where, where I am the light in a dark world. This is what God's calling us to, friends. Contrast. We're supposed to be different. I don't want to be different. You are. Be who you are. I'm not talking about being something you're not. If you've received the Lord, He has done this in you. We just don't want to hide it. Amen. Through fear of others, through fear of rejection, through missed opportunity, through any of these things, we don't want to back down. But we want to honor the Lord and say, I'll speak up. I'll live this way. Amen.